Yeah, you got the. Cool. You got the red one. The red cool. Wait, why are you taking nuns, Chris? You scared me. Oh, no. I just took <laughs> down ideas. I, I have a really bad ADD. So Team it for the podcast. Actually, we'll, we'll do the theme song. Yeah. You can talk about it there. If this is going to be that kind of party, I'm going to stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. Kneel it. Out here, it's just a little bit strange. Ooh, you better. Trip it down. Get off the cross, dude. It gets a lot colder. Hang on with your friends. I've had it for a bit. Spoke too oh. soon. This is some hype music. Here we go. <laughs> this is uh, this is Jonah Ray. Dio can't make it because he is uh, protesting Coachella. Uh, we got Cash Hartzell uh, as our hey, producer. Everybody. Hi, uh, Neil Mahoney. Hi. On sound on sound cues. Mm-hmm. What's a good one? Our What's favorite a good one? Neil. Uh, yeah, hey, that's fun. Yep. <laughs> and uh, our, uh, our our guest our guest. We have two guests tonight, uh, our old friend, um, musician, and um, just all-around raconteur, uh, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Starting, scratchy, 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 don't scratch it, but we all make mistakes. Chris Holmes, uh, and <laughs> who's a great guy. Um, and uh, our other guest is our first-timer. It's a first-timer. Chris hasn't been here in a long time, but our, our first-time guest over here. And if, in case you guys are wondering, this is a 10-minute-long build-up of Baby Got Back. It never it never gets going. Built first time, long time. Um, but uh, our other guest, uh, he was, was a writer on uh, Iron Man 3. Correct. Uh, and then he uh, just put out his uh, first full-length picture uh, last correct. year called uh, Hotel Artemis. Well remembered. And uh, you've no done heroics. a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> and um, stuff. Other also, stuff. Thank you, Chris, for remembering my 10-year-old BBC. Uh, you said no heroics. No no yeah, I was going to bring that up because I oh, remember sorry, watching I that because ruined. someone said the guy from Nathan Barley is in another show. You should check it out. That's Was right. It and yeah. the gal. <laughs> and Yeah, that's right. Yep. Anyway, um, this is uh, this is Jonah Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Did you ever say his name? Drew Pierce. <laughs> Thank you. There this, it is. Is, this is finally. This this whole this whole day. writer writer of the best Marvel film, Iron Man three. Yes. No, oh, there you go. You're not talking about his one shot. Oh, guys, the one shot's great. We, this we, is we a, this is quite literally the, the best room really? I've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking not the about be- how... po- best podcast, the best room. Well, I, oh, this will not be the best podcast. <laughs> Truth, truthfully, I, I interviewed you like four years ago. So I remember. Oh, I remember now I feel like a cunt. <laughs> uh, I mean, imagine you, like how many how many like nerdy guys from websites had to interview you over the course of your career. I bet you're the only person in this room that has hung out with Ben Kingsley, though. I mean, I don't know anyone else. I was on. Neil, a, I was on a stage Neil's, with them Neil's for an hour. A drink. By the Neil, have you? No, okay, that's a no. Do you know was, how I know you haven't hung out with Ben Kingsley? Because you just called him name. no, because you just called him Ben Kingsley. <laughs> no, Sir Ben. Sir Ben. And if Sir. any, uh, thank you. See, yeah. these people know. 
uh, until like you know Paul. him very well, you call Ben Serban. It's kind of like me and my friend DJ. You guys are probably wondering who I mean by DJ. Mix-a-lot? That's Dwayne Johnson. Oh. <laughs> Wait, you might know him because he's called The Rock, but he's just he's just a regular guy. By the way, he's also lying to you if he says he's a knight of the realm. I thought realm. you were talking he's about... Not, he's not Sir DJ. I, I thought you missed out on the uh, the easy alley-oop there, which was Sir Mix-a-Lot. Oh, Sir <laughs> Mix-a-Lot. Oh. God, it's um, already so textured. Oh <laughs> there's, there's, it's nothing. It's it's a lot like any comedy thing I do. Many premises, and then no real follow through on any no, no content. Who left the fridge open? Wait, is this like a game you play? No, just don't let the fridge open. I'm not. What's that? Cue sound the, effect. What's Boom. that line from? Yeah, uh, I was expecting some kind of sting. Like, no. who left the fridge open? No. <laughs> who left the fridge open? No, but oof, what's the? Uh, What's the uh, that there was a Mr. Show? Um, it was the uh, Jeepers Creepers sketch. It's uh, do you remember that's like it's like like close the refrigerator door. We're not we're not paying to cool yeah. the out of doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do we do about a boy Jeepers Creepers? You remember that one? Did you ever get into Mr. Show? Is that a, did that make no, it? Do you, over? Mr. Show is one of those ones that. And by the way, I'll make a sweeping generalization to to hide my own like comedy. Is deficit. it like Clue? But uh, <laughs> it's like Clue, <laughs> just like the movie Clue. Mm. Uh, Mr. Show, Mr. Show didn't Clue. travel. But bear in mind that, like in England, like we had one season of Seinfeld that played <laughs> once a week at like eleven o'clock at night on BBC Two. Really? And like, and then the BBC were like, Nah, it doesn't work. Uh, but it then, was already but like six years into huge. the show as well. But Friends it's was like one New of York-y. the biggest shows I, I heard. Oh, Friends was huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, at one point, there was a channel, like way before we actually had cable channels, uh, that essentially just played um, Friends all day, every day. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. These were, these were great times. It doesn't sound like it. Oh, it was am- <laughs> you, Come on. Purgatory. I mean, you, when he, Joey comes in, he's got all the clothes he on. He's so got dumb. all of them he's on. He's so well, dumb. How, how, did, how did the big turkey on the head go over in England when it was from England that it was stolen? You know, much much like in Hamilton, mm-hmm. we can laugh at ourselves. <laughs> um, it's, it's one of our greatest gifts. So, uh, so yeah, pretty well. Okay, um, good. And so, uh, yeah, you, uh, you, you did No Heroics, which... Uh, which was a great show that I really enjoyed. Um, I, I, I thank you for saying that. I would say it was a, uh, a show made with love. I, would, I don't know if it ever touched greatness. Well, but, I, remember, uh, I, remember I really enjoyed liking it too. Guys, yeah, big fans. Well, it's like Chris and I kind of be, became friends because like, we liked Because of me, Chris. because of No Heroes. Yes, because of, yeah. No, but actually because Pretty it was because of Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> it was like, Shaun, like he, Chris overheard me at a party talking about how I had a bootleg of Shaun of the Dead that hadn't come out yet. I don't think it, even in... The UK. Wait, is this the kind of like there was like a you've told me about this before, like an infamous VHS of yeah. Shaun of the Dead that kind of it got passed ripped, around. It was a ripped yeah, DVD. And I, had oh, really? a, I had a video projector, and we had a screening in my backyard in Los Feliz, <laughs> and a bunch of people came over, and that's when I fell in love with Jonah Ray. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's how I became that friends. Is beautiful. Yeah. Infamous bootlegger. Smuggler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was and no heroics, no heroics is the night that you actually had sex. Yeah. That was like, the that's one. What, that's yeah. what sealed that's the deal. Sealed right? the deal. We're like, it's, it's like this is going to be just as good as Nathan Barley, and then we were bored, so we started fucking each other. <laughs> you wouldn't imagine I was how many watching. times I've heard that. Story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm almost I numb to it now. Um, so uh, we're going to be hanging out and talking with these two guys uh, a lot. But Chris, uh, you recently did a song for the hit game. Oh. 
Red, so, red, redded, 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 redded redemption. So yeah, I did a, I did a song redemption. for the first redded redemption. I did a song for the first Red Dead Redemption. We did the kind of theme song when the game ends, and then we recorded a song for the is second. That the one, red is Dead. that the one that goes how 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 how? Yeah, it's a yeah. Lagrange by ZZ Top. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I, I worked really hard. I shaved my beard. Um, <laughs> But uh, we did a second song for Red Dead, and I made this beautiful song with uh, John Bates, who's in a band called Big Black Delta, and he was uh, Not the way I thought that was going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big Black, and then Delta. Um, and so a reaction <laughs> <laughs> We made a song for the new one, and then they basically cut out all of the non-score music from the game. Oh. And, uh, and so the song has not been released, so the Jonah Radio uh, is going is to be the world exclusive? premiere exclusive. Exclusive. And I haven't figured out what to do with it because it's weird to release a song that's just like, oh, this is a song that's referencing Red Dead Redemption and it's uh, it's really pretty. It's like folk, um, yeah. you know, that kind of folk music. About, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. a Western song that I can't really put out outside of Red Dead stuff, but I figured that... It's like the that, uh, un- unreleased John Denver song about Tron. It's, yeah. this, it's almost one to one, I gotta say. <laughs> the Radiohead James Bond theme, Christmas time. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, um, by the way, the pop I, James Bond theme is amazing. Anyway, I <laughs> really want to hear this John Denver Tron song. <laughs> is it? Is it real? It's not a real thing. Uh, uh, I just, uh, I just uh, changed got, the ingredients just, of a thing we already had. He just broke four hearts. <laughs> like, uh, that's He's, terrible. How do you know how many <laughs> listeners we have <laughs> in the room? Yeah. Four hearts in the room. So this is a song we wrote that wasn't used that I want to release, but it's a weird Western song. So it's a weird thing to figure out how to do it and to get it to Red Dead fans and I figured that uh, there's probably a couple listening to your podcast. There's probably a couple. Maybe two. And, and so like and we talked over it before but we're going to need to have a clean uh, drop for Cash to do his exclusive uh, drop again. One more time. Exclusive. I'm sorry. We got a bit of a hiss on that last one, Cash. Should I give you the name of the song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me just get one clean. Exclusive. This is uh, a song from uh, that we did as a demo for Red Dead, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I you said hope. you were going to give the name of the song, oh. not repeat what you just said moments ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Blessed. Wait, or are that... you in a loop in the game? Is this like I, Red I need, Dead? I need to get. I need to get past this level. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, it's Hold called Bl- X. It's called yeah. Blessed Are the Peacemakers, which was uh, it was meant to be like a prequel song to the song we did in the first Red Dead. Uh, but yeah, cool. All, All right. right, this is this is exclusive. Exclusive. Oh so shit! Hold on. Yep. Sorry. It was somehow. Soldier. 
<laughs> You're right. Well, this is very pretty. This is very pretty. That was a very good job, buddy. Congratulations. Also, probably the fewest amount of instruments I've ever heard on a recording that you've made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's only like 12 strings. In yeah, the yeah. Usually you like, no, your style I'm is... I'm known to, to layer 300 things. Yes, exactly. If you uh, could, you would make an entire like w- like an album that is just one track where it just keeps on building for forty five minutes <laughs> with four, one yeah. chord. Yes, that would be yeah. very <laughs> ideal. I would love that. So you you just recently like um, re released or released kind of for the first time like all your Ashtar oh the stuff. yum the yum yum the yum right, yum stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes. So like uh, for the listeners, uh, talk about like it's like you kind of were in that big swing of like Chicago music that got picked up by majors. Yes, and then it immediately was a, it was dropped. A, 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 a cautionary tale. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Uh, after college, uh, my band, uh, I had a band called Yum Yum, but I got signed to Atlantic, and I put out this record kind of at the tail end of the indie rock major label. Who else was uh, in your scene that kind of got picked up around the same Liz time? Liz Fair, Veruca Salt. Um, I mean, there was like... I went to that bar that uh, Liz Fair took the photos in the photo booth for Exile in Guyville. Oh, nice. The yeah. Rainbow Room. That's it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that was a great bar where we spent many, many hours. But I had a band called Yum Yum, and we put out a record in 1996, I guess. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd graduated college and thought I'd spend a year uh, making music before I went to grad school. And uh, it's been a really long year. <laughs> um, but uh, I made a record called Dan Loves Patty that came out on Atlantic. And uh, it was like a big critic record and uh, sold like 12 copies. Um, and what do, you uh, think, what do you think it was? Like, it's like you, you were proud of your music. The label clearly believed in it enough oh, to put it out. We got signed to a sub label of Atlantic that folded the day the record label or the record came out. And so, oh, uh, no. it was it was an awesome stepchild. The person who signed me to Atlantic, uh, who ran, there was like a VP there, like quit the day. Like a lot of stuff happened, and so we were kind of stepchilded at the label so someone was like it's like hey no one's in charge of this you gotta help yeah we'd get offered tours and Atlantic was like oh perhaps they can take Duncan Sheik out instead it was pretty <laughs> awesome um, and uh, yeah so we I made this record and uh, there was a crazy kind of story that happened along with it where I had a roommate in college named Tom Frank who ran a, 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 a literary magazine called The Baffler which uh, famously featured the Steve Albini uh, major label uh, essay that uh, oh, yeah. uh, about selling out and stuff, and so my idea when I signed with Atlantic was to kind of give my roommate at the time um, a behind the scenes uh, all access uh, <laughs> oh. pass, so we could write like a, a new version of Hitman and kind of show how the, yeah. the you know not negative or positive, but just like here's how things work. And uh, he ended up writing a kind of crazy article for Harper's about how I had created this band as a prank, which wasn't true. Like, I really did love pop music. I knew pop music silly, but I loved the Archies and, yeah. you know, Tommy James and stuff. And uh, it went, it was kind of pre-internet era, and it went, like, viral for the time, and it got picked up, and, you know, half the people were like, this guy's a genius for coming up with this big prank against the culture industry. And then other people were like, oh, this guy's a dick. He didn't sell any records, and he made up the story to, like, justify <laughs> oh, no. any records. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it was in like all these weird like. I made Hotel Artemis as a prank. <laughs> <laughs> Your prank was way more enjoyable than my prank, I think. If that's the case, I had no Jodie Fosters in mind. Um, but uh, yeah, it was really weird. And so, I it basically you know I didn't 
think about Yum Yum much after that. I had a whole like kind of second record of stuff, and it just kind of uh, which just released with the the reissue that Omnivore put out, and they they put out all the Big Star and Wilco and uh, Flame Burrito Brothers reissues and stuff. Yeah, and nice. they've been great to work with. But yeah, it's absurd. It's really weird. It's made me feel super old to realize <laughs> that it's like twenty years ago. Yeah, that, uh, I made this record. I still kind of think of myself in that era, like time stand still but i'm now 46 and it's a how many music videos the cross, did you make dude. there was there was one music video for right. it well right. they really did get behind you yeah, huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we made it with uh h gun that had made like the uh jesus christ pose video for Soundgarden and like oh, all no. the uh oh. crazy hardcore ministry and nine inch nails so videos there were lots stuff. of like swinging lights yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got like a, short uh, lenses a coming yeah, in and out exactly. fake bumblebee was all we got from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there it looks like a Revlon commercial. It's really bad. Uh, the video. Um, I, I recently found it on VHS and uh, was got You've got to put it was considering. The, uh, you have to put it on the internet uh, <laughs> so it exists. It'll it'll probably exist. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a good lesson in uh, in following your dreams and, <laughs> so, and, having, and having no one care. Yeah, but I had fun. But like and like you continue to stay in music and make music yeah. and do stuff and uh every year yeah. there would be a weirder thing that happens. So yeah. like uh I would from that ended up doing production for like Felix the House Cat and a bunch of Chicago electro stuff and then joined the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Uh and played in there for like a year and a half and then And was uh, Billy Corgan weird and into wrestling? Then, yeah, yeah. We, wait, which iteration of Pumpkins? Can I ask? This is uh, on the Machina record. Like, right. so it was after a door. Like, Machina. It was the Machina. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ex Machina. I get it now. Oh, <laughs> oh I've missed it for years. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was like being in Spinal Tap. It was mm-hmm. very, very funny. Uh, there there was, was a thing you think you told me about where like. I I can't remember this where the story came from. Might have even been a Zwan story. I was going to say I keep I always think Zwan I'm in the Zwan uh, video DJing with Tommy Sunshine. That's yes, <laughs> really. But like, there's like a thing where someone like, and I don't know where I heard this. I'm not sure if it was at the record store because I worked with like Ronnie from the Muffs, who knows a lot of like people from that scene too. And like, but there's this thing where someone was playing with the drummer uh, from Smashing Pumpkins, Jimmy Chamberlain. Jimmy Chamberlain, and like uh, they were like, oh, it's man. so cool. When he comes in, like he he always chooses a weird spot to come in, and then I guess like Billy was just like he doesn't really know, like <laughs> like he has a weird count time in his head, and he just kind of decides when he comes in. I don't, I don't know, know about if you I... guys, but that's what I'm looking for in a drummer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that guy is a beast. I I will talk shit about a lot of people, but I will not talk shit about Jimmy. Uh, but it's insane, like because I did a lot of like modular synth stuff and a lot of stuff that needed a. Like yes. solid <laughs> yeah. beat to it, and uh, Jimmy would speed up and slow down like 15 BPM in a song, and it's amazing. But like from a DJ kind of you know digital yeah. world, yeah. It's a I'm, that's nightmare. what I've always said. <laughs> yeah, like, right. That's why I was never able to really like be, like you know like I was never like a good option for a band as a drummer because I could play loud so tight no it's like I, I drift I drift uh, really? and like, like some of the best of the records drift of, like, man yeah. that's they, the best they do. thing but here's I mean the I thing. don't think Neil's... it takes away from Jimmy Chamberlain's drumming at all that he drifts yeah but yeah but like I think it makes the pumpkin stuff as powerful yeah it does like if you had all that stuff and it and it stayed at the exact same time. P- particularly that would, kind of loud, quiet, dynamic yeah, stuff. Yeah. You yeah. kind of do want to speed up and bring. That's it true. Well, Neil, you were talking about like um, I think you were you were heard something about when uh, Metallica did the 
um, the symphony when they did the S and M record. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's like the people, like all the people, like playing the symphony. So the they're like S and M like record? Lars. Like yeah, well they did symphony like it was like Metallica. Oh nice. yeah, it was just a bunch of strings. Like they did a whole orchestra along with Metallica with songs. But like uh, everyone was just like. This the Lars like who they were like oh Lars Ulrich but like apparently he has perfect time. We talk about time. Lars in our house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we people can get the record if they want to hear the story about yeah, me oh, doing yeah. cocaine with Lars Ulrich in your house. Um, <laughs> that made that sound that story sound so dark and it's uh, it is pretty dark but it was really funny. It was it was it was a good time. It was weird though that he wanted to download music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, he, he still to this day has the weirdest affectation of someone drinking. No, when he sticks his tongue out to like his tongue out and you could see his lower teeth while he drank. It was just yeah. the weirdest. It's really hard. It's like to a tractor being like he like it's like a frog drinking like booze. Like he, I think it's he one of the only it. times in my life that I've yeah. ever been made uncomfortable by watching somebody drink something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like him was, and like Donald Trump have weird drinking. <laughs> like, <laughs> not, um, um, but so Billy Corgan uh, sucks. <laughs> uh, the the long and short of it is that uh, he is a uh, Bellend uh, <laughs> for our in, British in, listeners. I think that he has moments of total brilliance and then moments of uh, not so much. But he uh, he kind of is like maybe uh, like seeing Trump in action. Uh, you know, I, I never really thought I was I was really a. a a big fan of diagnosing people's psychopathy and uh, psycho psychopathy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, didn't really understand what a narcissist uh, was. You know, I, for a long time, I was like, oh, that guy's got a really big ego. But uh, I think he may be a toxic narcissist, yeah. uh, you know, or, or borderline, you know. Which, by the way, sounds like a Smashing Pumpkins song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so in the eyes of the jackal, I say <laughs> But also, like, uh, there's, you know, that's like, that's like pretty common in any kind of art form. Yeah, it was weird. So when I was in the band, it was basically like being in a Spinal Tap divorce. And so oh, there boy. was like two separate camps at the time. There was like James and Melissa Oftemar was playing bass in the band. And, uh, and Mike Garson, who's an amazing pianist who had done Bowie's Aladdin Sane and stuff was playing piano and then I was playing keyboards and uh, I would switch between the two buses all the time and uh, kind of was like the fair just to get away no 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 I was uh, I was uh, the first time that people had gotten along because they were like oh yeah like great like and I was like oh cool fun being on the road and then realized that I was in like a slow motion car crash oh wow Uh, and uh, yeah not a lot of uh, love being shared between the other members of the band at the time yeah yeah it got dark but uh, wait, how how dark did it get? It got really dark. <laughs> like, but, what, but like, <laughs> Billy paint me a picture. Like, paint Billy me a dark picture. Up in, in these uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier Hellraiser <laughs> suits, there was like a black, <laughs> oh wow, a black leather and a white leather one. And I remember the moment where I was the most bummed out. We had just played a show in in like uh, Lisbon, and there was like a hundred thousand people at the show, and every single song. Every single note, people were like standing ovation. It was crazy. It was like, and they're not my songs at all. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, but just you feel that love and the appreciation from the audience. You're like, holy shit, this is a really fucking magical thing to kind of experience. And I finished the show, and I'm like, God, that was fucking incredible. That audience was like the best person. They're like, miserable. And I was like, God, you're fucking miserable. Oh, <laughs> wow. You can't even enjoy when things are exceptionally awesome. Yeah. And uh, I, it's so odd that, like, it's like, you know, he kind of, industri- the industrial goth stuff, like, uh, kind of for me, came out of nowhere for Smashing Pumpkins. Like, Siamese Dream, he had floppy hair. He was wearing, you know, thrift store button ups. And then. Industrial goth comes out of nowhere all the time, though. I just don't understand. <laughs> and I think like, it might be I a Chicago to, like, thing. 
Because uh, even like the band it, Alkaline Trio, they were just like a drunk punk band, and then gonna, all of a sudden they were like wearing mascara. I'm not going to take responsibility for Chicago for industrial guys. <laughs> <I think laughs> we, we had like the real industrial stuff, and then something weird happened. Like someone gave it some weird drug, and then it turned into like trance music. Yeah, and it's the worst thing but, in the world. Like, by the way, did I still dress Nitsa up in Eb leather? Got and, back together. The way who? Nitsa Eb. Oh really? Yeah, I just read. So Bond from Nitsa Eb is a fucking super genius, and he had worked with Gorgon too. That band is like that band is like legendary logo. The more people will know that logo. They got back together, you know, entirely sponsored by Urban Outfitters. Yeah, join in the chant. Join in the chant is one of the best riffs ever, though. Yeah, that's true. We're gonna take a break with the submitted song. If you want your songs on this podcast, email them to us at Jonah Radio R A Y D I O at Gmail. And then we'll talk about how you're toxic narcissist. Yes, it could. It could happen. Lucky. If you're lucky. But um, this is a uh, band submitted to us. They're called The Fields. They're from Florence, South Carolina. And this is their song, Work It Out. Thank you. 
That's what people call that's a, that's a good song called Work It Out by the Feels um, uh, out of Florence, South Carolina. Give me um, some feels. Uh, they, uh, yeah, yeah. They sound like they got a church's vibe, but that's what's considered alternative these days. That's the alternative. It's not is rock it, and roll anymore. Is it granddad? Sure is. It's different. <laughs> things turn out, turns out things change. Uh, you, got, you, got, you got representatives dancing down the halls of Capitol Hill. Everyone. Everyone. You guys follow that uh, AOC dances to everything account? Oh, it's just just, yeah, just changing awesome. the song over and over and over, <laughs> and over again. <laughs> Mama number five works I, very well. I love oh, really? the fact yeah. that they brought that out as a diss to her. It's oh just like yeah. you guys just Solid. don't understand joy. Yeah, at yeah, all. yeah, you don't understand. We totally got her. Yeah, one guy was like, uh, "It's just like she's doing this in the middle of the day." You know, when my daughter, when she was her age, was working. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, never had a day off. <laughs> yeah um, I would so, like to look at uh, Oh never mind No what were we going to say I was just going to go on To Stephen Miller's uh, High school yearbook videos Uh-oh. Of, of Uh-oh. him like Telling people Gee, That's a great story With the Cobra Snake It would be good to have Him on to talk to him About running against Student council uh, Against Stephen Miller Wait what is that him. real Oh yeah The Cobra Snake Mark uh, beat him For vice president Of his uh, like student government oh, At Santa Monica beautiful. High Oh my god And uh, there's a what? speech online that, That's Googleable Of Stephen Miller Basically saying that uh, Their taxes pay for uh, the Google it, dog. Mexican uh, workers To pick up everyone's garbage At the school And uh, a bunch of other Crazy fucking racist shit uh, and you realize that, that dude's from Santa Monica. It's the most mind blowing thing. Yeah. Ever. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he's so Cobra Snake was like his fucking nemesis that bore uh, that. Uh, By the way, you crazy. have to stop saying Cobra Snake because every time you do it, I get like this weird, like kind of PTSD <laughs> from New York in two thousand and four. I'm just like, <laughs> nah. Uh, I remember when he can, was the Polaroid. All I can hear is the rapture. Oh. Yeah, that, that's a very specific time, the Cobra yeah. Snake. Did, and did he, was he have like a column in the LA Weekly? Yeah, yeah, point? like a bites. photo column. Snake yeah, snake I was bites. in it once. It was uh, me and Preston uh, with uh, Harmar on our shoulders. It is terrifying to go back through that stuff and be like, oh shit. Like, but uh, Cobra yeah. Snake was essentially proto the whole of Instagram. Yeah. I was thinking that the other day. It's like. There were. It started off as a few sites, and now it's a self-generating, self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's nuts. I remember, like when he he was going to really punk shows drunk. before he was going to dance nights, and, oh, it was, yeah, and right. he was going off of I it was the him. Polaroid scene. I remember Polaroid scene. Yeah, I remember the birth of Polaroid scene. Like, uh, where he was working with Shepard, and Shepard was like, "Your photos are pretty cool. Like, yeah. your Polaroids are pretty awesome. You should do a site with those." Yeah, because he was like a, a an intern. For Shepard when he was doing Swindle, and then he just turned it into like a, a whole company, like he was doing. Yeah, good on him. That dude probably has a lot more money in his bank account than I do. For, <laughs> yeah, all for of being us, drunk right? in those photos. Then Stephen yeah. Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, probably. Yeah, Miller, yeah. Um, he went into government for Swindle. That's did you? right, you did. Yeah, you you were in that first issue. Weren't Swindle you? was really good, and uh, I don't remember what I wrote for Swindle. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you got us into a couple of parties. Yeah, I think I'm, I got into a part because of while you were sleeping magazine. I think I mostly wrote record reviews. 
Sure. Record reviews. Would you do angry, that style? Angry that, reviews. That era of record reviews, which is like uh, telling us another story about something else. <laughs> or <laughs> or what I realized that. is yeah. that it was basically like trolling before internet versions. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah these yeah. fucking guys. So these guys sent me the thing, but I knew I had to get a burrito say, first. The least grateful kind of trolling, which is they, I made them send me a thing for free. Yeah. And, and then I'm not going to talk I'm about now, it at all. And they're shit. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause well, was Big like, Brother was really influential in... The, in in that, that's amazing. yeah. Big Brother magazine for sure was like yeah. that, uh, like yeah. the skate magazine. Do uh, yeah, I don't know. I like some of the skate magazines we got. Like when I was a kid, we had Dirt and we had yeah. like, um, and obviously Grand Royale. Yeah, I was just gonna um, say the Grand Royale one was like but, um, the light side of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, but uh, but some of them again we skipped. What was it like stop smiling? What was it like there was like, keep smiling? Uh, no, I'm trying to think. Cause there were some really bitter Chicago ones, uh-huh. but it's oh, like really good. Yeah. I, I mean I. I when I was, you know, like a little hardcore kid, um, we got one copy in the whole southeast of England of like Maximum Rock and Roll. Oh, oh wow. shit! Um, like, and it was, and it would get passed around like a relic. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like so smudged. Um, yeah. Uh, it, and clearly, we all sent off for the you records guys in the share back. Share your porn stuff, too. But, <laughs> but, but it was our porn. It was our. It was our hardcore porn. I'm trying to remember the uh, like, like it's like the other the other British guys I know that are uh, into hardcore, and there was like the guy who ended up joining um, H2O. H2O. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other one, I guess, would be Christian Parks, who now does uh, Beyond Fest, and he works with Neon Films and stuff like that. And then the other guy who does a uh, 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 what's the um, not. Uh, Warner Death Brothers Waltz Animation. Records, okay. right? That guy, he's also like a hardcore kid from England. I mean, I will say, like, I was a very bad hardcore kid. Yeah. I mean, like, we literally used to, we used to have you know black crosses on our hands. Yeah, I'm, I'm really like, and we were we like, th- thirteen, fourteen. We call them crosses. And, um, but like, I I remember very distinctly all of us tattoo? drinking pints of yeah. cider <laughs> with hands that had like uh, hot, uh, like straight edge crosses on them. Is Perfect. That your, uh, Research that look. Is that your tattoo? Uh, no, that actually isn't my tattoo. That? I wish that that's just four. That's four oh. crosses. That I mean, that's because yeah. I'm four times hardcore. It's four times hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. times hardcore um, as anybody. Yeah, but um, but uh, what were the hardcore bands? I mean, like it's like is what who, who was the entryway into like hardcore music in England? It's like everyone was like crass, and then anything that came after. No, that? do you know what? It was more like I actually think it was meh. Metal that was like oh. the entry to hardcore in a weird way. Like when you're 11, you like metal, and if you've got taste, then you start to go down the corridor towards. But it might even be like people that play music Gorilla really Biscuits. Fast and loud. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's for just, me. It was like it's like I won't. I'm not allowed to grow my hair out. And so oh, really? just, I can be I can be a punk rock and hardcore kid. I, then I can put like pens in my top pocket and I can be Albini rather than yeah. um, <laughs> in striper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's like, what, 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 were, what were the bands that you were going to see when you were... Well, I mean, that's the thing. I never got to see any of them. There was literally, there was a hardcore scene based around Nutley, which is a <laughs> genuine town, to the degree that uh, one of the bands used to play an insanely fast version of No Sleep Till Brooklyn, but uh, No Sleep Till Nutley. Um, uh, uh, it was very good. Um, and there was like... But it was, was it a- one of those things, because I grew up on an island far away from where the music <laughs> And it's like it's like it, you know I loved all these bands I never got to see. Yeah, no, no. They, I, I mean, I think they probably came to London, but this is when I was, this was before I found drugs, and yeah. so like I was thirteen, fourteen, yeah. and so like this was kind of really the pub 
band scene. Yeah. And weirdly, we just we were in this pocket where hardcore was would an you play influence. Like Circle Jerks at the pub too. Oh or? yeah, well, that was the weird thing is like they would give us pub nights. I mean, not <laughs> us. I was like 13, 14. I wasn't running the nights, yeah. but now I think about it, the guys running the nights were probably. 17. Yeah, 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 yeah. In my head, they're like, they were old. Yeah. That's always but, the weirdest um, thing about looking dudes. back at yeah. like, the adults or like the scene leaders. Like, I don't like, think they'd like, gone they were... to university yet. Yeah. I think they were still living in yeah. East Grinstead. Of course um, he gets chicks. He's old, like 18. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, that was... seen everything. Yeah. <laughs> that was all of it. Like, yeah, it was was... For, for In Hawaii, it was always like, it's like, it's like, yeah, sometimes he goes out to Los Angeles and San Francisco. Like, it's like, it was a huge thing. If they had been there, they'd seen an actual punk show. Yeah. Well, that's oh, okay. it. Oh, yeah. and so there was one place if you were underage that you could go, which is there was one skate shop in London called Slam City Skates, the only place that carried Slam X-Large. City. Um, yeah. and it had and it had a record store underneath, a Rough Trade, um, and that Rough Trade was the only place where like they would do daytime hardcore shows. Oh, wow! Yeah. And now I'm just reminiscing like the old man, and, uh, old and man it's of all hardcore. for yeah. five bucks. <laughs> uh, well, it, this is a good time to get into a little segment that we like to call oh. "Looking at the Current Events of the Music Industry" in a segment we call "Music News." Hey, you guys ready for some music news? There's uh, sometimes. All right, it's uh, here's uh, here's 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 one. Uh, Nirvana is suing Marc Jacobs over the use of a, the smiley face design. You know, the smiley face thing that was uh, so popular with the uh, yellow and the crossed out eyes with the squiggly smile on the tongue. Marc Jacobs just uh, started using that. Instead of Nirvana, it says heaven in the same typeface. And then it says, instead of the X's for the eyes, it has M and J. Oh, he really, he really taught them a lesson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's crazy to think that that's just okay. You know what? It, it all ties back to Tom Frank in the uh, you know the the kind of commodification of cool. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Just like taking all of these things from counterculture and then just putting a label on them and be like, yeah. Well, particularly because those T-shirts was the famous like second Nirvana T-shirt is the cock sucking, uh, you know, oh, yeah. uh, record company stupid. whoring yeah. kind of T-shirt, like. They kind of had baked it in already. Like it's 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 telling someone else's joke as well as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's a good perspective. Um, Seattle Post Office renamed to honor Jimi Hendrix. That's he loved nice. the mail. Classic. He loved, he loved it, and it's okay. Not- who's the first to get a letter-based Jimi Hendrix pun? Anybody yeah. can tell I'm not in England. Well, Everyone will be there like bam, 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 bam. The city of Renton, Washington, is renaming a post office in honor of Jimi Hendrix. Washington State officials have passed a bill to rename the building, which is located in the Seattle suburb where Hendrix grew up, to celebrate life and memory of the late musician. That's pretty fun. That dude Jimmy's- was pretty good at guitar. He was pretty good at guitar. If you're good enough at guitar to change the name of federal buildings, that's that's a great amount of if good at guitar to me. you did so many drums. Wasn't there, yeah. wasn't there a band with like Rick James, Neil Young, and Jimi Hendrix or something? Was what there? was that the har- helicopters thing? What that- Jimi Hendrix played backup for Rick James at one point, and was Neil Young also in I that? I think band? somehow it might be two different bands mm-hmm. early on in Neil Young's career, but uh, yeah, that's pretty nuts. I'm just taking your I story got and ruining out. the vibe of it. I got chewed out by fucking Judd Apatow because like I posted <laughs> a picture on Twitter. You have a uh, list of people chewing you. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand yeah. it. What I like Jonah is that Ray, you, you only made, have yeah. the most powerful people in show yeah. business chew you yeah. out. They, they don't you like just made Judd Apatow's shit list. Yeah. 
I don't understand. Even uh, Emily Gordon seems once, like so the kind of like, She's like, why do you why do you rub people the wrong way so Jed much? Now doesn't seem like he dislikes anyone unless they're crazy, right? Like he, I'm sure he doesn't like Stephen Miller. That's true. But like Jonah Ray is on that list. I guess I'm I, I mean right Stephen there Miller. next to Stephen Miller. Yeah, but uh, I, it's like uh, I posted a video and I had uh, the Glenn Campbell version of These Days, uh-huh. and someone asked what song that is, and I said. These days uh, by Nico, and I'm just saying, like, who popularized? Uh, yeah. And did he get and Jackson he, Brown on you? He fucking dropped the Jackson <laughs> Brown shit on me. He's like, I, hey, I think he go like, by the first recorded version on that stuff, which is Nico. Yes, written by Jackson Brown. He yeah. wrote it, sure, but yeah. like, if you were to say these days, you would recorded version by Nico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred. I'm in your court. Judd Apatow, I think you're wrong. Thank so you. So how can Chris Nailed come up it. with some sort of physical proof that you can shove into Jackson? Uh, into, into oh, there's this yeah. amazing let's call thing. Up, let's call up Jackson Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's here's a nice here's a nice thing, and this is uh, this is your buddy uh, uh, Johnny Greenwood. Huh? Uh, pays tribute to Bob Einstein, uh, also known Super as Dave. Super Dave Osborne. Oh, we lost him. By admitting he booked hotels as Marty Funkhauser on Radiohead tour. Oh, <laughs> Isn't that great? The Funkhauser. Bring in the funk. Chris, best uh, best fake names you've checked in as? You know, I've never been famous enough. <laughs> yeah. You have to check in under fake names. But that's names. how you become famous. Yeah. Is if you, no, well, like, Chris, yeah. Chris uh, when he checks in the hotels, it's Chris Holmes, and then in parentheses, Wasp. from Wasp. Yeah. <laughs> no one ever bothers me. You're like, oh, it's that dude from the swimming pool. That guy's a fucking maniac. Don't yeah. want to wake him up. Have you ever known, do you know people that have done the fake names? I guess you would. Oh, yeah. The they're, they're definitely what, uh, good my, band names on tour. Yeah, my yeah. my sure. question is. I can't is, tell any of them yeah, because it'll ruin the uh, We already know Billy Corgan's obviously toxic. Uh, toxic, toxic narcissist number one. <laughs> Mr. Toxic narcissist Trump. Is there uh, is there any temptation when you're on the Paul McCartney tour to be to check in as Paul McCartney? So he's under something else. <laughs> that would be amazing. Never, I've never or Sergeant Pepper, you, or, <laughs> you, or just a really lazy you, one. Eleanor Rig, Mr. Eleanor you Rig. Just unravel the code. Rig. I'm gonna have like the super presidential like rooms and all the yeah. hotels. Uh, just for the listeners who aren't uh, sure, and we we bring up Chris a lot, but like uh, Chris is the uh, opening DJ for. Paul Paul McCartney and Sir has Paul. been Sir, Sir Paul. Paul McCartney Sir Paul. Uh, and has been nine for years now. What nine years? Nine years. It's crazy. And Radiohead, uh, yeah. at least Nigel Godrich, producer uh-huh. of Radiohead, he's responsible for making that connection. Yeah, uh, we were doing a party for In Rainbows for the Grammy thing when they won, and uh, McCartney came and was dancing all night long. And it was pretty awesome. It's like, oh, holy shit! I'm DJing for Paul McCartney, and. Uh, it was a really fun night. There was, he was lots dancing? Of absurd stuff. I talked to him about the Colbert Report. Yeah, he's a good dancer. <laughs> is t- he? Because that was my next question. <laughs> oh, he is. He really is. Yeah. He it's can, just him uh, pointing forward a lot and moving <laughs> his shoulders. This is I good just, song. I just, like, yeah. I just imagine booty. playing air bass to literally everything as he does. No, that, that, that dude has got good moves. Um, he's got rhythm. Yeah. Turns out. Yeah. Turns out. <laughs> Turns out he's pretty good with music stuff. He's cool. <laughs> but uh, I talked to him about the Colbert Report because he had just been on interviewed by Colbert, and uh, he uh, he was Colbert was claiming he was the fifth Beatle, and uh, and then Paul was like playing off him, basically pretending he didn't know who Colbert was. Yeah, and it was awesome. And uh, then he asked me to do a Coachella with him, and I thought he wanted me to do like an after party or something, but. Uh, Lo and behold, he wanted me to open for him at a music festival, which, uh, you know, doesn't happen, doesn't happen at all. No. The, the rest of the festival is the opening act. Yes, yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's nothing like playing Beatles songs for an audience waiting to hear a Beatle. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's now it's been like you go all around the world with them. Yeah. You missed my wedding because of it. I did. Because you wanted everyone to go to Brazil a day early. Get off the cross, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally the most <laughs> surreal cool job, job in the world. And he is the least disappointing human being in the world. And it's been absurd to like hang out with him. It's yeah. uh, it's awesome. I, I even brought you. I told you when when we were interviewed him on the podcast. Not this one, of course, but uh, um, uh, but like it's like I was like, oh, I know Chris Sums. He's easy. Oh yeah, that guy's a real nerd. <laughs> and then he told Turned a story about how you like were able to stream and put onto the big screen the Kentucky Derby. Oh, nice! I forgot about that. Yeah, I have become you're the, uh, the MacGyver of tour. Wait, you're, and- you're the kind of. Uh- IT guy. Yeah, I've become everybody's IT guy. He's he's just the guy who can get just, you to see a horse race. If you need to see a horse race, yeah, you I talk got a, to him. Hey, there, like, there, I got a guy. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. I'm the guy they bring in who like connects to a sling box and like you know someone's you know garage and uh, yeah. gets it on a uh, projector screen. It's That's crazy, incredible. Did, um, did he have money on the, a horse? He won. He won. The, he won. Yeah, everybody was so bummed. He, uh, he won because he owned all the horses. <laughs> he bet on every horse. And, no, yeah. he uh, he won that. I, that was a really uh, crazy pool. And, uh, <laughs> I remember specifically that everybody's like, oh, like. Uh, By the way, I'll is it weird when, when, it if it's a pool and Paul McCartney wins? I it's think, just a bit like I'm oh, just going to put yeah, this out there. I yeah. think Paul may have. Donated the money back to the crew to get drinks and stuff. I mean, uh, uh, well, I, like, would, if, I would almost guarantee you, yeah, you, you have to, you have yeah, to do that. You would have to. But it's just such a like, it's like, uh, yeah, I won have, something. Yeah, Corrigan you already have. did. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'd been like dancing around with it. Like, He's like I'm a, a winner and you're losers. Just leather and guess his who money won? Guess who didn't win? That was that was a new thing when Ringo was on Stern recently, and like he talked about how Paul was the one that like pushed them. Like he was the workaholic of the group. It's crazy having been on tour now and like. You know, I'm a total deep diver into anything weird Beatles and you listen to all of the demos and the bootlegs and stuff and you realize that like like all of your favorite John songs, like Paul was like you listen to the demos and you hear the finished thing and like Paul was the only one that lived in London at the time and so they would all go to their, their houses and you know, outside of London and Paul would basically just stay in the studio with George Martin like all the time. Oh and, wow. And just got really into it. So you listen to the demo of like Lucy in the Sky or something and then you hear the finished version and you can hear after a while you start to hear like the Paul elements of yeah. it and you hear oh, and like there's you know there's stuff where you can hear John elements or George elements into Paul stuff but it's uh, it's pretty insane you know to think that they were like from the age of like 18 to like 27 yeah. <laughs> yeah and they were just like George is like oh I'm gonna learn how to play sitar and change the world <laughs> yeah like, you know it's 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 uh it's it's inspiring and depressing at the same time well that's also like a thing that was uh pretty neat to hear when reading the uh BC boys book is that like um I guess just like MCA would always just stay late or yeah. stay like stay late it's funny when you else. were saying that about Paul McCartney I've been I've been doing. I've been reading the book and listening I've to been the, doing the audio same thing. book because yes. they're, really? they're, 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 they're like different. The Boys? The oh my god! It's like John C. Riley does oh, some stuff. Oh, it's, it's Steve Buscemi, the uh, original um, radio announcer that they're talking about in late seventies, yeah. early eighties. New York. A little McCartney Beastie Boys connection. Oh, Ooh. their publicist uh, Steve Martin, not of uh, Arrow Through the Head, Steve Martin. <laughs> But Steve Martin from Nasty Little Man, uh, where Hello Nasty comes from, is also Paul McCartney's publicist. Oh, oh crazy. Oh. And Hello Nasty came from the Grand Royal offices 
I uh, believe. No, um, it came from Nasty Little Man was the agency, so they'd answer Nasty the phone. Man. Hello, Nasty. Hello, Nasty, yeah. Oh, th- okay, no, that's what you meant. Yes. But that late, but didn't she also work at No, Grand I think Royal? that Grand Royal people would call up Nasty Little oh, Man. Oh, that's all the, time. the con- that's like, where okay. Hello, Nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. That's great. I my first ever job uh in TV when I was like, oh no, my second job when I was like 21 was for a company called Princess Productions. And it was just amazing every day as a 21-year-old to have to say, hello, princess. <laughs> hello, princess. <laughs> hello, princess. <laughs> hello, princess. Hello, princess. Hello, princess. I, um, when, uh, when the Mars... stamp Vol- or something. <laughs> I was working at a record store when the Mars Volta album By the way, came fun out. fact, Lily Allen was the receptionist. Whoa! And she was 14. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, it wow. was weird. That is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she made it work. Um, but uh, I was working at a record store when the Mars Volta album came out, the first one, and the uh, the label did some kind of uh, like push. It's like it's like do like a crazy window display for this record. You know, we'll send you all the materials and all the you know the little flats and you know designs, cardboard and, cutouts. yeah, cardboard cutouts and stuff like that. And you can do whatever you want. And then uh, we're also going to randomly call record stores uh, in uh, like, and if if they answer the phone, going. Hey, Benway Records, where we're listening and loving the new Mars Volta, um, and then you're also listening to it, like you can prove that you're listening to it. Um, there was like this contest. Like, what whoever, would you win? You would win um, five thousand dollars. Oh, and, right. and, that's and, a good prize. Like five, tickets yeah. to Mars no, no, Volta. I was like, five thousand dollars. Got a cassette tape of the Mars Volta. Uh, well, five thousand dollars. I think it was like we credit. That payola in my day. Yeah. Well, it's five thousand dollars. I think credit um, to Box of cocaine and five thousand. Credit to like uh, the like stock. Like, oh, okay. uh, like uh, to like like you know like to the like, label, to the label like to right. stuff you would buy from the label, you would get like that money and an in store. Um, oh shit! Like not an in store performance, depending on the size of the venue, but like an in store signing or something like that. And we listened to that <laughs> for like a month, like every time, uh, more like the entire time listening to that Mars Volta, which was fine because it was interesting and diverse and enough, and that you can like kind of it can kind of just first go the, one? the first one, yeah. yeah. That was a good one. It's a good like, record. But it's just kind of like, you know, after a while, just in the background, it's yeah. fine. Uh, but uh, this is a. Uh, but a it never happened. On, and then we, we asked around all the other record stores and, like, no, or did anyone win? Like, <laughs> oh, that's so. <laughs> oh, you did. I thought this was all leading up to you winning $5,000 no. and going I mean, not on, me like, personally, but, like, uh, like yeah. Leaving like, Las we, Vegas. We called you know, like fingerprints Honolulu and, trip of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I got, like, really for free uh, from the record store was. Um, Tickets to go see a, a private show at All Star Lanes in Eagle Rock of um, uh, Ben Folds with his new band uh, for the Ben Folds uh, Rock in the Suburbs. Solid show. gold. It was great. And then Weird Al came and sang a couple of Ben Folds five songs you know, on them. It was like Al my first month. Price of admission. Yeah. yeah. Worth it. It's my first month in uh, Los Angeles. Weird Al played happened. with Sparks when I saw Yeah, Sparks. I heard that. Really? It was incredible. Sparks are so good. By the way, Sparks are fucking incredible live. Edgar Wright is doing a documentary on them right now. And. Uh, I'm a big Sparks fan. I'd never seen them play live, and it blew my mind. And then Weird Al came out at the end and played accordion and shredded, and it was awesome. He's real good. He's real good. Uh, a couple other uh, music news announcements. Um, Coachella lineup has been announced. I don't know most of the how old do you, <laughs> artists. How, how old did that make you feel? Um, that's like I tweeted uh, like yesterday. Like it's like you know those that meme kind of like want to feel old. 
and like it's like I want to feel old. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Um, but you also, I feel like you know, on the pie chart, it would just go like ninety percent chill wave. Yeah, and then headliners. It's, it's pretty crazy, but also the real and like, like, like Roxy is like music Weezer. Or any. Weezer's playing, and they they're like the fifth on the. <laughs> they're like it's like that's like for all the parents that brought their kids to Coachella. Oh uh, uh, yeah, they have a little moment. Don't worry, you'll be out by nine thirty. Yeah. Coachella's owner, the guy who runs Coachella, people are very Paul upset. Collette. He uh, uh, he donated one hundred thirty-four thousand dollars to Republicans in two thousand eighteen, and he used to be able. Oh, that's not Paul Collette. That's the other dude. Uh, yeah. It's an old dude. Um, that's the dude who owns uh, the, the the. He owns. Uh, oh yeah, on shoots. Phil on shoots. Oh, he owns he's a billionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he donated one hundred thirty-four thousand dollars to uh, Republicans in two thousand eighteen. Sure. He's a rich old dude. What is, why are people uh, surprised yeah, Phil by this? Phil is like one of the Assu- richest guys in the Assume world. Assume any <laughs> old rich white person has given money to things that are terrible for yeah. people. Don't just don't, assume. Don't judge Golden Voice by Phil Anschutz. I'm just gonna. I mean, oh. like I don't even know Phil Anschutz, but like that's crazy. this guy's built up an amazing company. He's the guy who owns AG. Well, Golden um, Voice is like started off like with like that's what's so rad about Golden Voice. Yeah. It's like you see like their original flyers. They are like, the most shows, circle jerks, black flag, and it says gold like written. They on are the flyer. most legit. I will yeah. say this from touring around the world and and like dealing with all of the Golden Voices all over. They are the absolute best in the business. And yeah. Paul, who runs it, like he fucking loves punk rock music and like still goes to punk shows and stuff. And I love it. He, he, they're the best. Do you know him personally? Oh, uh, yeah. Can you get him on the show? <laughs> Wait, do you think he's ever been asked this, but could he get me some tickets? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what reminds me. Uh, hey, so Paul, Paul McCartney's pod- coming up. I was listening to this podcast, and yeah. this guy Chris was on, and he said that you'd hook me up. Yeah. Paul McCartney's coming to Dodger Stadium. He is, yeah. We're playing in July. Oh, who's he playing? Uh, he is going to be playing the role of Dom DeLuise. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does that mean Ringo Reynolds? Ringo's going to do Bert. Um, (laughs) um, Featuring a cameo from Lonnie Anderson, though. It's going to be good. Real Lonnie Anderson. Oh. Uh, uh, no, that's going to be awesome. Because I'm assuming there's a cannibal (laughs) run. (laughs) It's cannibal run 2 theme. Um, uh, Also, uh, Judge Rules, Ed Sheeran may be plagiarizing Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Uh, I, I was hoping that the link would provide a side by side. It does not. <laughs> I'm not going to play either of those songs. I also I loved the start of the sentence. A judge said Ed Sheeran and maybe <laughs> dot 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 <laughs> fill in whatever yeah. you want to say. Um, Ed Sheeran. Beyonce's production company sued for discriminating against visually impaired fans. Now I'm all for access for all to anything, but. A blind Beyonce fan has filed a class action lawsuit against the pop stars production company claiming Beyonce.com's interface is inaccessible to visually impaired users. That is... uh, Also being sued, Van Gogh for not making... Paintings, Van Gogh, I'm sorry. Thank you very much. They won't let you touch the paintings. They made that Starry Starry Night song. And also... You know what that reminded me of? Do you remember when Kanye yelled at the the fans in the wheelchair section to get up and dance? In <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't and, remember and, this. And yeah. how we thought at the time that that's like the low point of what Kanye could ever do. I remember when he was doing the shows at Staples Center and he w- put himself on a platform above the audience. So where there's like got to be a couple hundred people right below. They can't see anything. Yeah. And everyone was going, this is by you far know what? the most this, innovative. This gives me a chance to, to make another comment on Corgan. Far, far better than Kanye. 
Oh. Far better at what? Far better at not being the worst person in the world. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, by the way, it's a cage fight I'd like to see. Um, <laughs> uh, also, Maynard James Keenan says vocals for Tool's next album are done and maybe instrumentals too. What is the news these days? <laughs> I, why is that even? It's, uh, People love Tool. Music post-its. He's always been good People, about trolling. Yeah. People love Tool. I've like I didn't like him growing up. Uh, but then when I moved to L.A., uh, K-Rock was always playing the opening of uh, whatever album came Dan out around. It, Dan it. I don't know. No, no, no. That's yeah. sober. But it's like, but it's a bass line. <laughs> that was not It's sober. like, do do Okay, so I was, I was working a beer festival like uh, beer six, fest. six months ago, <laughs> pouring beer. And the, I'm not going to say terrible band because a, lo- a lot of their... Uh, a lot of their songs were very adequate, but it was a local cover band. But in between uh, songs, he would play that bass line over and over again at like triple time. The best bassist I've ever heard live. <laughs> he was, he was I, no, He's because like, you, guys, he was, you guys don't like our band much, but check this out. I can yeah, play Tool three times. Lead, 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 lead. That's off time, dude. <laughs> I think it was the, the lead singer was looking up lyrics to the next song, and that's how he would amuse himself, was just going off on this bass line. Like, this band may suck, but I want you to know that I can play Tool three times regular speed. <laughs> yeah. As the British person in the room, I literally could not tell you a single thing about Tool. Why can't we what all they look stubble? like, what they sound like. No one knows really Nothing. what they look like. But oh, they were, wait. Was that their thing? No, they just <laughs> oh. didn't show themselves like in pictures or in videos. Lots but of, there is like the a... The videos are really good. In a, like one of their albums. Yeah. And one of the... What? Quay Brothers? James Keenan in Mr. Show. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's... Oh, it's also... They're huge like... Uh, this is like the Mr. dark Show? side of the pop cultural yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Tool, Mr. Show. One of, their, one of their albums is like... There's like a blurry picture of them watching someone suck their own dick. The person in the picture sucking their own dick Me. is Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks could suck his own dick? Bill Hicks could suck his own dick. I, I have heard was that. Was that from Flexibility? Is that how he dies? <laughs> I don't know. Are I you saying the cancer like, come, came from that? I yeah. Th- yeah it's, you have a hose attached to it? <laughs> at that point, at the point of being able I mean, to I suck your own dick, have like, why, who's concerned I with I could have like a two and a half point. foot long dick and not suck my own dick at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I have a two and a half foot dick because if I did, I'd be bragging about how I could suck my own dick. Yeah. I thought, that was just excellent like Vegas bad. comic construction of that. <laughs> I'm not saying I got a two and a half foot dick. <laughs> but if um, I did... Um and uh to end up to wrap up this music news um someone found from some Milo conference uh and this is uh, oh. at classic oh, also probably worse than Kanye Milo at classic oh, yeah, lib three roll uh Wild Geeter Girder says I'm a big fan of right wing political rap here's one of my favorites for all the music lovers that follow me to enjoy and he's saying this ironically but here is a white dude at a Milo conference uh. Rapid about my my are you gonna Milo play us this? Annapolis. What you gonna play us this? Got a wall around my crib like I'm Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Yes, I'm very fucking rich. All of this money on me like I'm Donald. Fuck you like Fondo. I keep the coke and all deck like I'm Ronald. All of these bitches they got like a bottle. Stood on her face like a castle. I let that bitch up my dick in my castle. Fuck so I gave her a capsule. Yes, I am a castle. Is the audio on right now? Yeah. Is is that the dude from the the shots band? Oh, has that uh, foo or what's L- the L- LMFAO? LMFAO. Yeah. I don't get canceled on every channel. Dick is so big that like a, and it's like a. Do you remember when like LMFAO got in a fight? Wait, yeah. let's just get nostalgic for a second. Sure. Do you remember when LMFAO got in a fight with Mitt Romney on an airplane? No. 
Your alarm does. Uh, what 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 they scrap over? Like it was, it was a, like a, they were on like a Saudi Mary mix or something, and, <laughs> or or it may have been it may have been like he was in the wrong seat or something. Uh, there was a there was a scuffle. oh that does sound familiar. It's the one good thing I know about <laughs> LMFAO. They're they're probably scared now that he's a senator. Yeah, one night when we were filming the Meltdown show, how bad is it that now you're like Mitt Romney? Pretty good dude. Yeah. Pretty good dude. <laughs> like, yeah. That's uh, so. Uh, anyway, that's yeah. it for music news. All right, we're gonna take a break with a song right now. This next song Boys is from <laughs> Oversea Understone. This is a song they submitted. Called, they're from Spokane, Washington. That's a good band name. Yeah, Oversea Understone, and this is Fuck Elizabeth. I'm on this name.
it's Jana Varney of the JV Club Podcast, and I am so excited to be joining Maximum Fun. If you're not yet familiar with the JV Club, it's a podcast with me and some of my favorite women, and in the summer, men, as we explore the highs and lows of our terrible teenage years into our adult lessons. For example, hear about Allison Bree's humiliating moment at a gymnastics competition, experience the shame of a knocked-out tooth with Jamila Jamil, or drop in as John Hamm imagines what would happen if Bambi met Godzilla. So join me and all my once awkward, often still awkward, friends every Thursday by subscribing to the JV Club on MaximumFun.org. song called Scrape by a band called Permanent Makeup uh, and they are uh, from Florida. Well, two Florida, two southern bands today. Two, two good songs. Yeah, that was very good. That song is also, I love the name of it, Edgelord Blues. You're, uh, <laughs> yes. your, your, your song selections are getting a lot more uh, uh, massive. Well, it, you know what it was? It's just, it's waiting for the people that make the music that to catch up to Jonah Radio? 
Well, it's just like it's like we can only really play what's submitted, and it's uh, it you know, and there's 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 a quality, of course, that we're looking for. We're getting an earnest moment of uh, Jonah Radio. <laughs> By the way, what you can't see is like one tear just fell just from one. his eye. I, I, yeah, a, I usually, a tear of sincerity. So now, no, you when know, it comes if you're gonna play littering right behind you, show now, <laughs> that means that he's like listened to a lot of other stuff. Yeah, and chosen to play it. That's when pretty it comes awesome. to the music like on the it. show. That is the that is the sincere point of this show. Like it's you know, and we've we've uh, we try to like you know pick stuff that people I think would like or the people that like if they like me they might like this, which is not always the case. Like I put out like you know when I I put out on Twitter uh, the. Um, but I don't I hate to say this, but uh, British people get an erection when you play this. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, just just I'm just saying. If you've been doing that for the Neil. last six years, <laughs> Neil. You're not allowed to do that to me. <laughs> I thought this was an agreement, where, and I know you don't get to do it because Cash I, I frightfully. Think it, I think it was because it because it was so epic. Yeah, you, it was. you needed some no, background music. Yeah. I started music to see you speaking in slow motion. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> miles yes, from the finish line. Anyway, here's some sick beats. <laughs> oh, it's not plugged in. Why isn't it playing? Oh, because I turned the beats down. Oh. That's way better than that Milo song. I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah, yeah. Donald Trump. Donald Donald Trump. Oh my god. See, this is like this is the the new version of like of hip hop. It's just going to be dissonant sounds that you can Yeah, hear. no, this it's is like with the, guy, the BC boys were pulling like in from all the other things. If Cassette Boy had a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to make a podcast. I'm trying to justify my drinking. Yeah. Um so there was nothing I wanted to say after that. <laughs> well, it was a party. The music is great. Oh, yes. The party. Oh. The party. So after this, Chris Holmes, our good friend and guest, is going to DJ. And where are you DJing? I'm DJing Marilyn Manson's 50th birthday party. Oh. 50th birthday party? That doesn't seem... It seems like it... Should we Google this fact? <laughs> that seems Googleable. Googleable? How old is Marilyn Manson? Google it, dog. Um, Hey, Siri... Somebody's series listening. Siri, Siri, how old Alexa. is Marilyn Manson? <laughs> Alexa, um, I just. We just why don't well, you? Why, why are we talking about Jonah Radio? You're DJing his party. Call Marilyn Manson and ask him how <laughs> yeah. old he is. It's so much more convenient. Yo, bro. Hey, so um, you're you're going to be DJing his party because, uh, but you don't like him. <laughs> So the way this streaming. works this is, is we know that this is going to come out party. after the party. Yeah. Yes. I'm not a big fan. Of uh, the music or the man? Both. <laughs> Do you, is there... <laughs> I, I am I am yes, DJ, and I am not the hired uh, you're not like, the star hired, attraction. But you're doing 11-12, you said, right? Wait, so who's the star attraction DJ? Well, his main DJ is Her- Dirty Harry, who lives in London, who mm-hmm. tours with him. Dirty Harry? She's awesome. I love her. Oh, she's, it's a girl. She's a good, I like the yeah. name a lot more yeah. now. Oh, it's way d- better. I was, good, I was about to tear into that name. Oh no! Because <laughs> no. he said she. I was like, Dirty Hair is awesome, and uh, Deborah's kid. I. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> she was. Uh, she was supposed to DJ it, and then my friend Sam Spiegel is DJing it, and asked me. Sam Spiegel's friends with him. I don't know if Sam's friends with him, but Sam's a great party DJ. Yeah. DJed my wedding. He did. Exactly. <laughs> Did you squeaky clean? Uh, <laughs> I'm just um, Cash had to deal with uh, uh, Marilyn Manson once on when you were working at Walking Dead. 
Talking Dead. Talking Dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, got, he got there early and just started drinking vodka. Yeah, no, he wanted absinthe, absinthe as a, a in his... <laughs> oh. He wanted absinthe in his dressing room, and it was gone by the time he went on air. At uh, Did well, he spoon it, or did he drink it? What was I the don't weirdest know. request like, for Every green glass got to like, light it on fire? No, like, yeah, well, yeah, with like an... Uh, with, uh, he brings his own uh, cubes. Everybody, like, everybody's always delighted with everything except for him and... Who else is... What are the weird things that you get asked? Like... Asking for a bottle of absinthe in your rider is a dick move. <laughs> yeah, that's like a brown M&M kind of thing. The yeah. the only other weird thing that I had was uh, uh, this oh, guest star guy, the guy from First Grade Henry, Opium. Henry's uh, Portrait of Serial Killer, that guy. Oh, uh, oh he was actually oh. in the show. He was in the show. I had to, at the commercial breaks, run in with his phone so he could check football scores. Okay. But that was... That's, 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 that's way cooler that, than asking you to get a bottle When I was a kid, like when I was a runner at a TV company, there was like a British... Uh, comedian who I genuinely I'm not going to name. Um, no, I can't. Also, because you don't know any. Is it the, Steve Coogan? It's actually not Steve <laughs> that I wouldn't know him. But so there's not this. Then it's got it. He just gave it away. It's Ricky Gervais. <laughs> I was going to say there's only two, right? Um, uh, John Cleese, but um, it's not John Cleese. Uh, who um, Alpen is a British kind of muesli. It comes pre-packaged. <laughs> And it That's has raisins in it. It has raisins in it. Every morning, I had to pour him a bowl of alpum and pick by hand the raisins out of his alpum. There are many, many brands of muesli that don't come with raisins in them. That is the key fact here. I had to pick them out. And like the days when one slipped through the net. Oh. oh. Wow. Yeah. Hell, hell to pay. Jesus Christ! I feel like you could get some sort of sifter. Yeah. Well, no, because it's like it's like grape nuts, so they're they're about the same like size. Yeah, there are there are many different sizes of grain in there anyway. Yeah. You, you, know, you know, that guy's a, a job it's, creator. It's a manual. <laughs> it's a manual job. That guy's like, you know what? Someday I there's could a get robot. the ones without raisins, but somebody's gonna have to pick them out. I'm gonna get this kid, uh, uh, and he's gonna eventually write the screenplay. For, for Iron a, Man three, for a wonderful threequel, yeah, threequel. <laughs> it is considered as, as I was the saying, best before, Iron my, Man. My, uh, my favorite best Marvel threequel. Film. I thought you were going to say. Um, With did a, you keep the raisins? Was there like at the end of the season? Uh, do you like put a bow? You went raisin crazy. Like, no, I, I oddly get, enough, did you do craisins? I angrily <laughs> threw each raisin in the bin as I did it, <laughs> thinking one day spite I'll, raisins. Yeah, no, no, there was no wow. spite raisinry. Um, the um, like. Oh, just to continue on the weird, random oh, thing yeah, yeah, with yeah. Marilyn Manson. So I think tonight will be pretty funny. I, I expect there'll be uh, some very funny 90s uh, celebrities sure. there. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of music are you going to play for, for a sandwich hour? Aqua? You're going to play some Nitsarep? <laughs> You're going to play some Good. I, I once met Marilyn Manson's dad when I was a valet at a hotel he was staying at. <laughs> and if there's ever been a man who's used who his son is to get blowjobs from <laughs> <laughs> underage girls, it was this man. Like the, oh, the, the really? oh, just a disgusting guy. He couldn't even oh, go for the, the moms? Yeah. No. No. It's, uh, he, just that, that sort of creepy. That's pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah pretty that's creepy. horrible. We were on tour once and uh, One Direction was staying at the hotel that our crew was staying at. And many of them pretended to be the parents of One Direction uh, <laughs> to hook up with hot Brazilian Oh, moms. I tell you what, you have to see. Have, do you guys uh, know of a British band called Bros, who were like 
big in England at the end of the 80s. Nope. They were this, so they tried, they never cracked America. How do you America. spell bros? B-R-O-S. They were these oh, two bros? twins. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love bros. Yeah. They're awesome. No, no, that's why they never made it in America. Um, there's, they got into a fight with the British Mitt Romney. <laughs> there's an amazing, probably the best like a uh, band documentary I've ever seen played in Britain this uh, this Christmas, and it was about Bros. It's about this like wow. boy band of uh, of twins who you, get back together again. I, and literally how many just and six and or just, and they were sets of twins or two sets. They, of twins? No, they were one set of twins, and then there was a bloke called Craig on the bass who was so, so humiliated. He was so humiliated. Can I just uh, why was not the band called written on his t-shirt? Why, around oh, the neck. why wasn't the band called Bros if they were twins? Because we're not cunts. They're called Bros. Bros. Um, uh, <laughs> just weren't called Bras either. It makes it sound like they're just. Two Eastern European. Can can we go around and talk about everyone's favorite music doc? Oh yeah. Oh, good. That's a good segment, Neil. Yeah. What's make up a thing? Make up a thing. (laughs) I'll make it into a trap song. Okay. Oh, is that how you do it? Uh, yeah, you just add more hi hat. That's trap. Trap. <laughs> trap has just more hi hat. That's trap for white people. Um, yes, claps, claps, and traps. Uh, so, what's your favorite music doc? Journey Frontiers and Beyond. Ooh, that's good. Ooh. It's a documentary about Journey during the Escape Tour and Frontiers Tour, and it's narrated by the guy that does all the NFL football stuff. Oh so my it's like, oh my god, wow. it's like Journey, a band about to undergo the most Goliath and tool in the history of Western <laughs> civilization. Seventy-two tractor trailers and a band of roustabouts. Like you know, con- see so Perry grows a mustache to try to shed his boyish image, and then like shaves it while faithfully he's playing because everyone's making fun of his mustache. <laughs> There's a man in the documentary named Wolfman Black. Uh, <laughs> who's the head of the crew? Is, uh, um, is he of? Um, is he African American? Black? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Is he, is he a wolfman? He's uh, he had facial hair. Um, no, but it's it's. Uh, I remember when when before the internet when uh, bands would trade video cassettes. Uh, yeah. That was uh, that was a winner. That and was in, uh, was in the Mr. Show sketch, the Underground Tape it, Railroad. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that you was. You hear someone say, "Hey guys, turn around." <laughs> By the way, nasty little man. Comes from a traded audio tape. Oh. Uh, so that's yours. Oh, that that was uh, the. Uh, no, that wasn't Nasty Little no, Man. Shut Up Little Man. Oh, Shut Up Little Man. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Totally that different. Nasty yeah, Little yeah. Man, we already covered, was from Nasty Little Man. Ah. <laughs> like, to, to bring things full circle. But the Shut Up Little Man stuff was is San Francisco. fucking incredible yeah. to go and yeah. listen to. That's again. my favorite music documentary. <laughs> I always love. Like, Dana Gould always does a good bit where he does uh, uh, Brian Wilson's dad. Um, yelling at other people, uh, like because have you ever heard like like those like there's a the recording boys yeah, yeah where it's like Brian you're ruining everything your mother is upset <laughs> and it's just like but like the Dana always like stops to tell people he's like at this point in their lives. Uh, Brian Wilson's dad hadn't talked to their mom in years, <laughs> but would always bring up that their mother was very upset and he's with what he's doing sounds. right now. Your mother, Brian, uh, what's yours? Uh, 
well, you know, obviously, I want to say like Bros. the year that punk broke. Uh, that's uh, not really a that's a that's a concert. It's a, also, it's film. a tour doc. I would say more yes. than it is like yeah, yeah. Uh, the journey. But, so journey actually, frontiers and beyond is kind of a do you know tour what? Doc do you know what? Like yeah. my favorite, and, and to be honest, they kind of come down to moments more. Yeah. Like I love the bit in uh, Quiet Loud Quiet, the Pixies one, where like Kim Deal, like poor Kim Deal, finds out that even though she thought she was sober. Like Stella Artois, the the crew told her that Stella Artois was alcohol free beer. Oh, Whoa, no, it's no. fucking insane. Oh, no. But That's but fun. my favorite, I think my favorite moment then in one because I can't pick like there are too many. But like status quo, the British uh, boogie rock band, amazing. pictures of matchstick. Well, and that was when That's they were a psych yeah, band, yeah. but they very much became like a Wait, kind of like. Pub rockers. That's a cover. The Camper Van Beethoven is is a cover yeah, of, of Status, status Quo. Quo. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Um, I used to cover uh, a, a song called uh, "You're Just What I Was Looking For Today" by Status Quo. Oh, there with we the go. band Yum Yum to tie things. Uh, oh, oh wow! Oh. Wait, what's the what's the song that Camper Van Beethoven did? Uh, pictures of Match. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so they were there were two there were two key members of Status Quo: uh, Francis Rossi and Rick Parfit. Uh, Rick Parfit was the blonde one. I'm he, sorry. Can we uh, can we make those names more British? <laughs> <laughs> but so that even though they're like, you mean int- a French word pronounced wrong? Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's about as British as you get. Well, you'll like this. You'll be able to take some jargon, some British jargon, away from this. This will be educational. Yeah. Because Rick Parfit did. All the cocaine in the whole of England. <laughs> like the great thing is, Keith Richards had moved abroad, so like all the cocaine was now available, and Rick Parfit did it. Um, and and they and like they are an, they were an unfashionable but charting yeah. pub rock band essentially. Um, and there's this brilliant bit where Rick Parfit like ruefully tells the story of when he was in the shower and. Um, uh, he heard a plopping noise and he looked down and his septum had fallen out his oh nose. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I just shower. heard a crazy rock and roll cocaine story the other night where someone was telling me they would like throw the cocaine up in the air and people would just uh, yeah, so tales from the tour bus. Rick yeah, James used to do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then shit. he would look around and it was called the something would... whistle or something. Like everybody's <laughs> nose would because they had no septums left and they throw it up in the air. And, and snort yeah. out of the air, or well, and so I didn't see the tales from the yeah. tour in bus, the in the British rock and roll scene. That became known as parfitting of the nose. Oh, <laughs> um, so if you do too much, you know, and you have to your do the full, falls you out. do the full, you have to move to the doc? full Stevie Nicks thing, and you have to get it blown up your ass. Then yeah, that's yeah. because you've had parfitting doesn't, of the nose. Doesn't Jack Nicholson have a steel plate between his nose? In or the did you guys area? see that picture of uh, Artie Lang? Oh, no. that was rough. It's rough. It's he has just no septum. Flat. He got parfitted. Oh well, so uh, Rick Parfit, like he styled out like a like a trooper, the parfitting of his own nose, and he just has like a single nostril. It's the normal shape, oh, but it's no. essentially we need just to like a big this. hole. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm sure <laughs> everyone listening had, at home is googling this uh, right now. He's, he's possibly <laughs> had it reconstructed. I'm not spelled, sure. Yeah. But, spelled uh, par- like parfait. 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 Yeah. The uh, the idea that. Rick Parfit. I believe there's no C in Rick, but I won't stand by it. Whoa. While we research that, Neil, what's your favorite tour doc? Or band doc? Um, Rock doc. Rock doc. Dr. Feelgood. Some kind of monster. Some kind of monster is great. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. And Dirt's, Dirt's good like that as well. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's, oh. you, you, took that, you took me to see that on my birthday. Metalocalypse. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was, a, that was a lot of fun. I took my you fi- to where you worked for your birthday. That's true. I was working at the Arclight at the time. 
But it was. Great. I remember when you worked at the ArcLight. We'd Wait, go what see was your films. badge? What was your badge at the? You probably said that on a zillion different podcasts. It was Homeward Bound. Okay. Um, because like when I was filling out the uh, application, that's when they ask you, and I just like I thought it was funny at the time. Yeah. I didn't know they put it on the badge. That's really funny. And Jonah. so when they gave me the badge, I said Homeward Bound. So I had to come up with a thing. People will go. Uh, one of the people that said this was Rob Reiner. He's like Homeward Bound, really your favorite movie? And I said, well, it is an incredible journey. <laughs> And then he just went, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. he registered that it was funny, or that you had attempted the yeah. structure of a joke. Yes, to him. And he, how did he chew you out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what other? I love what I do. I love that you have like a wall of the dead. It's yeah. just carved in in the name of every yeah. powerful man in Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> they all hate Maybe you. Can get Kathy <laughs> to call me back. Yeah. Uh, Who? What's yours, Jonah? Um, it's a. It's a. Toss up. So it's like one of those things where mm. Supersonic is my most recent great. Like, it's like I did not like Oasis, and then I saw that. I watched it on a plane, and I got off that plane downloading all the Oasis records. Do they use Wibbling Rivalry in that documentary? <laughs> Have you heard that? Wait, it's Wibbling a, it's Rivalry? A, yeah, it's a seven inch single t- that oh, got yes, released, that. which is just outtakes of uh, it was like an indie seven inch that got released in a hooky them way. Fighting. That's just them fighting in the studio. Oh, no. I mean, um, I'm sure, I'm sure they must it. use it in the doc. Because it's all they audio. Do. They don't yeah. they don't film any of the interviews. It's all just audio and then they do a lot of visual and stuff. There's a Buddy Miles one on a tour bus where he's like kicking everyone off for not playing the right parts and oh shit like, i remember when the oasis one came up people were like yeah this is crazy have you heard buddy miles that shit's nuts oh yeah. man <laughs> Wait, uh, what's your second one uh it might be the long uh, run you no a year and a half in the life of metallica is pretty great because it goes from them like it's just like, like these documentarians um wanted to just go like oh metallica like you know they're kind of at a crossroads in their career we're going to record them making the new album and it took forever and then like the album blew up and then they just follow them. And so that's why it's called Year and a Half Alive Metallica because it was just this like constant, like it's like they it just accumulated and kept on going. They had to keep on extending the tour. And that's when, like, you know, that's when James got burnt uh, from the, you know, the pyrotechnics. So that's something I watched a lot as a, uh, as a youngin. But I'm going to have to say, maybe my favorite rock doc of all time is Anvil, the story of Anvil. It's that's good. a really it's good, good. That's a good one. It's yeah. really good. And I just, I was going Shout through my old Flickr account. I was going through my old Flickr account and I found the picture of. <laughs> When I was working at the Rotten Tomatoes show, and I got to take a picture with the two guys from Anvil, and like we're at, we asked what their favorite mu- rock movies are, and uh, one of them was like was Spinal Tap, and they didn't seem to see the <laughs> correlation. <laughs> By the way, like that does remind me just another great moment. Have you ever seen the Def Leppard uh, documentary? No, where they take the poor drummer back to the actual field oh, where I've he heard lost about his arm. Oh. <laughs> it's just the weirdest moment because like. I remember we, the VH1 made-for-TV movie, but not... Yeah, and they literally... Shit. He just stands looking at the field, sadly, and it's one of those moments where you're like, if this was funny before, it's not funny <laughs> now. It's not fucking... He looks what? He looks upset that he lost his arm. Yeah, know? he doesn't seem yeah. too yeah. stoked on that. Yeah, weird. Did they find it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's Come on, you've got, you must have a yeah. sound effect for that. I had yeah. one. Oh, yeah. What was Here, it? Turn it up. Nailed it. No, take it Nailed it. <laughs> um, Cash, what's yours? Uh, the uh, as I have moment like long a, strange trip. All uh, right, the next song is. By- <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I want to change my answer to Driver Twenty Three. By the way, uh, what was oh, the Driver Twenty Three? So that that's one yeah, that like. Yeah, it's good niche. Driver Twenty Three about uh, Jesco the dancing outlaw. No, oh. Driver Twenty Three is the one about the guy. Oh, who smokes the weird cigars with a. Uh, electrical tape wrapped around yes. him, and, and he and he comes up with a whole process of getting the amps out of the basement. Yeah, yeah, yes, I remember. George. Sorry, uh, I saw those that they were on the same yeah, cassette on the same, tape. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I really like the power of salad, which Neil showed me a long oh, yeah. time ago, which is um, lightning, bolt documentary. lightning bolt documentary. Oh yeah, and it's all they're a they're a fucking strange band as it is, but they whenever they're on a bill, they set up in the crowd so the band on stage will finish. And then they'll start, and they'll be in the middle of the crowd, and it just turns into like, like immediately a immediate pit, <laughs> and like, like, they play. Thank you, everybody, and it's like fucking wall of amps just. <laughs> what happened? It's it's very loud music. Uh, they play in like kitchens in a house party where it's like everybody's looking in the kitchen and they're they're going yeah. nuts. Uh, I still really I love like Lightning Bolt. They were so great live. Uh, I still like Woodstock. I still like the the Santana thing, and Woodstock is still like one of my most like. Editing while editing to rhythm wise is fucking crazy because yeah. it's that kid who looks like he's like fucking fourteen who's drumming and has the long drum solo and there's like seven angles on it and it's Martin Scorsese before they, anybody for let him which, do which which band for Santana oh wow yeah um, and it's Martin Scorsese coked up cutting it all because uh, he that was like the first thing he ever cut was was Woodstock and that performance it's fucking insane another one which I will get made fun of is. Fish did a did a documentary. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, and there and there is guy. a cut in it. Jesus. Oh shit! Sorry, my Patagonia has just oh. grown up over my ears, and I can't hear you anymore. I'm not, I'm not a fish fan, but there is a cut in it where it's. <laughs> it's you the, watched a fish documentary. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, it's a slog. It's a marathon. A fish. <laughs> uh, the entire band is before the show. The entire band is fucked up. By the way, the this is now like a fish song because we had like the break and now we're coming back to it. <laughs> Hold on. Let me noodle on it a little bit. Tell us more about uh, this crime. Trey Anastasio. Trey Anastasio. Um, and then it, uh, everybody in the band is fucked up. The bass player cannot stand up. He is leaning against the wall. They're all rehearsing a song and then they cut to an hour later and they're in the middle of the same song and they're all extremely cooked up and on stage. What's up with that? <laughs> I don't have her vocal fry. <laughs> you just need to start talking about MailChimp. That's how you get that. Uh, yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We're a song. It's, um, this is from Brad Sucks. He's out of Ottawa, Ontario. Uh, Ottawa. The song is called Better Than Nothing. Out of all of the people that submitted to us on our Twitter ask, this was the one with the blue check mark. And uh, I, I really enjoyed this. Real deal. Yeah. Real deal. This is making me nervous. Says that you're moving again 
Hey, that was Brad Sucks, Better Than Nothing, uh, is the album. Making Me Nervous is the song. Uh, I, I went through some of his other stuff, too. Very good stuff. And if you want to find the links to any of these, go into your app. and We have links. Cash makes links for all the things. You can go to the... You just press on them, and it takes you to the place. <laughs> you just press Wait. on. Oh. <laughs> Guys, if I mentioned how I'm looking for work and anything you can provide, would be great. In the... Microphone industry. turn on tech industry. <laughs> oh, I have boy. set up microphones professionally before, once or twice. I Marilyn Manson. Put them out there. Oh, remember me to him. Yeah. yeah. Chris, what's like? You've been all around the world. Mm-hmm. Aye, aye, aye. Um, and what's like some like one of the craziest things that's happened? Like going around on tour with Paul McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney. You don't have to tell any of your shit based stories. If you for don't every want to. like crazy story you tell. Um, You'll be donating we're money. We're going to have Drew tell a story <laughs> about Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> oh, I can play this well, game. Well, I don't all have any long. Robert Downey Jr. stories because okay. he calls him Bob. Hey, are you R-D- calling Mark? RDJ, 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 yeah, R, yeah, D, J, yeah, DJ. That's so funny because that reminds me of my good friend. Oh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So Dwayne Johnson. D T R J. See that? I think yeah, you so the have a T? The, no, I think I have to keep the T if you're the Rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Rock is definitely TR. No one's ever like R. They're like TR. <laughs> yeah. TR. Um, the most the Paul stories are the fact that he's like the coolest, most famous person in the world. So other really Except famous people freak out when they're around him, <laughs> and yeah. no one's oh. too cool to not freak out when they meet Paul McCartney. And so it's pretty awesome. Oh, that's to, a great list. To see that stuff. Like, yeah, like yeah, top people three are, people that have freaked out. Uh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> no. And, uh, and Paul. What? The Gosman? Well, he was he, intimidated by Paul McCartney? But a lot of Paul's he's, piano Gosling's playing. Awesome. He's a them. good dude friends with I'm no S. I'm not slacking Paul. I'm no, not. no, but I'm saying, so Paul like takes it and he, he'll find a way to immediately de-escalate stuff and be like, oh, I saw you on the cover of Look Magazine. <laughs> like, oh, what? And, and then also, like, Ryan Gosling's like king of the cooler shop effect. He doesn't emote through yeah, his face. Yeah, that's exactly. true. He, I like him. Yeah. He's a good I do dude. Like He's good people. He, tips he seems well. like Dead, Dead Man's right? Bones is a good band. What? Dead Man's Bones. Yeah, you know genuinely good. Yeah, like, they're really good. You know what? Never heard him. When I heard about him for the first time... You're a... You're, you're a bitter rock dick. Yes. Yeah, okay, Get off cool. the yeah. cross, dude. <laughs> I just I'm gonna go home I, kind of a Tom I'm a, I'm a Black petty. Rider vibe to really them. good. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I can the be Papa petty. Power song. I can be petty. A jam. I got invited to a well, screening of a movie that Nick Rutherford is in. I was like, I'm not going to that. <laughs> <laughs> because of what? Nick Rutherford. So? Who I find very funny and is a good guy. But Good guy. But we're the same age. And it upsets me. I'm still petty. It's fine. you know what's weird is like watching as you get older, like watching classics. Like I was just watching, God, what did, we, what did I see? It was like something like Star Wars, and just realizing that everybody in that film, even the old people, are younger than I am right now. Oh my god, <laughs> my my wife. It is the most boring thing I ever do. Whatever movie we're watching, at some point she'll be like. Get off of IMDb Pro. <laughs> um, and oh, I will 100% be doing the maths that is, yep. wait, when were they born? What year How is this movie? I watched, How old were they I when they I watched Three Days it? of the Condor last night. But, oh, and it was a great, great film. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Oh, but I'm like, How old is Redford in oh, this 30, film? Eight? 38. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I knew yeah. that one. <laughs> you already looked way, this one up I when you watched looked it. That, I've looked that up. By the way, this week's one, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh-huh. 
I didn't check Rami Malek's age. I was like, how old was Freddie Mercury when he played Live Aid? Yeah. Anyone? 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 37. 35. Whoa. I know. He'd lived such a life. Yeah, he really did. You know what? Can we talk about Bohemian Rhapsody? Can I just... Uh, So I watched it. I fucking enjoyed it. I hated it because... Check this out. Timeline? No. No. Timeline upsetting. No (laughs) references of drugs. No. Freddie Mercury loved his cocaine. Yeah, famously, yeah. Um, dwarves with dwarves bowls with, of cocaine and that so would walk around on their heads. In my world, there's a lot of people just, that work. Oh. I can tell a, a great podcast story about Freddie Mercury. Yeah. This is one of, one of my <laughs> favorites. I don't know if we're a great podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, this Could, is a great wanna, podcast. Do you want to save, <laughs> right, save it for Mark Maron? Yeah. <laughs> yeah when, when Maron gets to like backup keyboard players for the Smashing <laughs> Pumpkins and McCartney's yeah, what's that DJ. Slag? Yeah, it's, by the way, it's, it's weird. When the movie came out, it was like, and we'll try and get you on Maron. I was like, yeah, not sure he's keen on three cool writers, but sure, uh, <laughs> check, check that yeah, out. Let's yeah, let's not slag the podcast of the guy who's actually been on Maron. <laughs> the thing, the podcast you guys are yearning to be on. Sorry, so, sorry, Joan Ray. Thank star, you. So I think Joan Ray starred on Marin. I don't know if you saw that, oh, but he, oh, yeah, he yeah, was yeah, the sure. snotty record. Three they nearly, didn't they nearly he call it Marin and Ray? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, the, he the also woman, got recast out of himself on the, that show the, as well. So. I, did, I did. The woman that that runs the VIP ticket stuff for every band ever is one of the most exceptional people in the world. Her name is Shelley Lazar. Shalizar is one of her first jobs. She was she was riding taxis. She was one of the only female taxi drivers in New York and was Chris Rock's first grade school teacher. But in the off time, she would work uh, for Bill Graham Presents okay. for Madison Square Garden shows. And her job was to do the green room for Queen. So Ooh, this kind of gets fuck. to the crux of one of my problems. It was the Fat Bottom Girls tour early on in Queen's uh, yeah. you know massive career. Um, and her job was to get the rider requirements going back to the absinthe bottle. Oh, wow. And I'll uh, just show you how much crazier shit can get than a bottle of absinthe. Yeah. Uh, so Queen's rider was a, uh, a midget string quartet. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Don't say little people. Well, at no, the time, though, no. At and, the time, and, it was literally. Oh, this is what's literally. This there is, is also talking. hints to midgets in the movie. There is like there's yeah. a, there's, there's like one a, scene. There's a, yeah. there's a midget. Uh, this Easter isn't me egg. talking. This is Queen's rider. Yes. Yep. Me, the little people were being used to put mirrors on top of their head to do cocaine. They were bowls, and, but sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there was a uh, there was a string quartet. There were four uh, prostitutes that walked around naked. And uh, part of the rider was that they had to be have huge boobs and be really ugly, and so <laughs> Shelley had to call up the the you know the classifieds of the Village Voice. It was like, yeah, I need four of your prostitutes. They need to have huge boobs. And they need to be really ugly. And they're like, oh, don't worry. All of our girls are hideous. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, she had to find uh, four beefcake dudes that would walk around with a rhinestone G-string and, and hand out hors d'oeuvres. And, uh, and then find two women to wrestle in spaghetti. I believe there was a liver one in the, uh, in the movie they reference. Um, and then uh, the best one is she had to find a monkey that would masturbate on command. Uh, and so Freddie would just be in the room doing cocaine and be like, monkey, masturbate. And he would, gah, 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 gah. by the um, way, I mean, if I knew you were allowed to ask for that, yeah. I would have. <laughs> <Dude, laughs> like, um, yeah. we've, all, we've all been yeah. losing so strong. So, so literally all the stuff that got cut from the movie by the was way, what got Brian Singer fired from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so she had to find an organ grinder that had a pet monkey 
that would teach his monkey to masturbate on command. The problem with teaching monkeys tricks is they don't, don't just learn them. it and forget it. Yeah. That monkey, for the rest of that monkey's life, is going to be masturbating. Oh Any chance God. that someone's like, hey, monkey, masturbate. He's like, I got this. That's the sound of a monkey masturbating. What's weird about that, that was the Fat Bottom Girls tour, right? Yeah. So what is really funny in the movie is in its, in its kind of drive to make the band, I guess, a little more, some of their rougher edges, more palatable to a modern audience. Mm-hmm. Um, to signify the fact they're going on their big first American tour, like they cut to a montage sequence that's set to them playing Fat Bottom Girls. But there's this amazing thing where they they focus on the verses, and every time it gets to the chorus, uh-huh. <laughs> like there's this huge crowd cheer over the bit Fat Bottoms. Uh, <laughs> so, like, so it goes like, "Whoa, girls, you make the rocking world." Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, uh, transforming so, it into a Beyonce song. So getting yeah. back to the reasons that I didn't like the movie. They cut out all of the good stuff that yeah. you'd be stoked to hear stories because Freddie Mercury did not leave us for lack of stories, you know? No. Yeah, good yeah. Ones. sure. And then I also thought it was crazy that every gay uh, character in the movie was kind of this weird mistake that he had made and uh, except for the one dude that turned out to be his boyfriend, which he met at a gay bar, but in the movie, he's like a sober guy that's working at his house. And, oh, yeah. And so... They they, were, they just changed all this stuff, and it's like I bet Freddie Mercury enjoyed the fuck out of his life. Like I don't yeah. think, don't think anybody is like, man, that guy totally didn't take advantage of uh, the absurdity that was offered to him. That guy, like you know, yeah. enjoyed everything. And, where, did, uh, where did that come from? Do you think? Where did that? Where did that idea? Why did they, I think what happened is that Queen came in. Yeah, they were and like, they, it's they, just about the you music. know, they're like, yeah, we're about the music and about Freddie. That, that's and, what happens. But kind of, it's always the first to die in, a, in the band is the guy that gets all of the like bad decisions or like in the biopic they're the ones that never change because they like, did, like I don't even think those are bad I think those are great asking for a monkey that masturbates <laughs> oh, like, yeah. great decision yeah very like, creative you know, but like, here's, here's the interesting people! thing right is uh, <laughs> is like I assume I don't know but I think it's PG-13 as a movie yeah. right is yeah. that movie PG-13 yeah. Yeah. is no, that no. why he just looks at guys going into bathrooms yeah. and then they cut away <laughs> yeah like furtively yeah. Um, it's like it's the Douglas Sirk of, of, of like rock uh, rock movies but like it's just it's the but the truck stop bathroom door is essentially the floating curtain yeah. Um, yeah. in that film but um, uh, but uh, oh shit! I should have saved that for like Marin. But, um, uh, but uh, hey, hey man! So he you, you got any thoughts? He won't hear you this. Don't thoughts worry about it. You can reuse it. Um, hey man. Who are your guys? Who are your guys? Uh, but that said, have you have you heard how well it's done? It's made three quarters of a billion dollars. Because I want to go into a theater, even though I watch yeah. the screener. I want to go into a theater. <laughs> Uh, I'm privileged. I want to go into it like like I want to just see these things played live and loud mm-hmm. and new. Yeah. By the way, that is the Oof. weirdest thing when you get to the end. It's like, oh, you're literally going to do the whole of the live. <laughs> that, you don't tell me that. The like, whole like, of it. And they like, skip like the, the microphone of- toss. Yeah, that's the best part of Live Aid when he gets off the piano and they throw him. And he's like, also, by the way, yeah. in <laughs> this like, is, this is a granular a criticism yeah. of the movie. I swear he was wearing the jacket when he went out on Live Aid and then he took the jacket off. I believe backstage he takes the jacket off in the movie. I don't know, but I just, it's in my But you think they'd watch mirror. the thing and be like, okay, like the moon landing, they're not just going to be like, know, and at this point he did the Michael no, Jackson. No, that's true. Do you want to know the best thing about the movie is like uh, in, my, in like my family, it's become, uh, it's become, uh, it's become a healing tool because... 
my mum always really fancied Freddie Mercury, <laughs> apparently. And, like, my dad, like, I think there was a certain kind of, like, amongst her friends, like, a bit of a kind of, like, Anne fancies. And, you know, you'd be watching, like, him on Top of the Pops with Flash Gordon, and she'd be like, he is gorgeous. And, um, and then, and what's He's brilliant, what's brilliant the right about girl. the movie is it lets my mum go, see... His wife thought he was straight right the way up until the bit where I did. Um, it's been a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's like my grandma was always wet for Liberace. Well, that's the end of the show. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Wet for Liberace. Uh, wrap up the show. If this was Pod Save America, we'd be like, oh, that's the title, Wet for Liberace. <laughs> that's another big podcast yeah we used to do we used to do like cute titles off of things that were said but then we realized we should probably put the names of the, uh, the, the guests. people on it yeah <laughs> to, be, to be fair today I mean you might just want to well, go to, to be fair we're actually going to put yeah, I could just we're going to put Iron Liberace. Man 3 as the title <laughs> we should just do, do that alright so that's our show we really want to thank our guest uh, Drew Pierce who you can uh, currently uh, rent it's it's just it's okay, a rental right now. Right? Rental Artemis is on it's every on kind Apple. of home video. Yeah, that's where it's like. Is it going to end up on like is. HBO or anything like that? I, I I mean I truly hope so. Honestly, it's been it feels seen, like one of those movies that that's it's, where it's going to. Honestly, sing. what's been brilliant is it's been seen by more people on airplanes this holiday season than ever saw it in theaters, <laughs> and it's been fucking amazing. Seriously, yeah. I've had this volley of like emails, texts, and and social of people going like. Saw the movie. It's like, yeah, that's probably a bad distribution. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, like, and I, I, I've said this before, it's like there are good plane movies. Oh man, yeah. It's By the a, way, it's a tight ninety-two. Yeah. You can knock yeah. back like two cheap wines or like yeah. you know a couple of bodies. And you just need, like, that could be a three movie flight if you play your and cards right. By the way, right. by the time that Father John Misty song kicks in on <laughs> the second track in the end, you're like, this is the best fucking Father, movie. Father John I've Misty ever seen. cameo too. Oh yeah, shot in the head. Yeah. I talked a lot of shit about Father John Misty, and then uh, he's like, he's like, well, he's a really good friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, a, I made those videos for him. Yeah. He is, yeah. yeah. I a, didn't research you that much. He, we a, were becoming casual friends. What am I going to do? This is true. It would have been creepy. Yeah. You. Did you watch any of Mystery Science Theater 3000? No. See? <laughs> this is how people used to become friends. What's what's Mystery Science Theater 3000? <laughs> I, it's the pillow. Joel hosted oh, a show. The, the, the pillow thing. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, Hotel Artemis, which is great, is on, uh, on go watch it. For fans, who, people who are listening to the show will probably really, really Crazy love Hotel cast. Artemis. Yeah. Yeah, an insane cast. And uh, don't mistakenly watch... Uh, Hotel Transylvania like, 3. Hotel Transylvania 3 or, or uh, Bad... Ar- not, bad Bad juju at the El Royale. Oh, that other movie. The Artemis, one, Artemis the one from Powell? the past rather than the future. No, look to the future. <laughs> look to the future. <laughs> we're we're not right this, above the video rental store. Not dystopian store. enough. In, in, oh, in, no, no. Yeah. Um, but uh, and and Chris, uh, we're going to be linking to your to your music and your uh, the the, the you might, well, Let's stuff. make it a free download. You're going to make it a free download? Yeah, we'll make it a free download cool. for people. All right, sweet. Uh, we're going to do that, but also check out Yum Yum Ashtar Command. If Paul McCartney's in your town, go check it out and tell tell the guys at the door that Chris sent you. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell you're on Chris oh, Holmes' yeah. list. Tell the guy at the Enormo Paul, Dome Paul that like, the guys from Jonah Radio said Chris said he'd get you in. <laughs> if you wear a Jonah Radio shirt, I'll give you a shout-out from the DJ booth. There you go. Oh. There you go. 
Well, most of our shirts were I don't have lost a microphone. in a suitcase on the streets of San Francisco when I got too drunk. Oh, wow. If anyone in San Francisco make your own. sees they can make someone their own first. in a Bad Brains Jonah Radio parody shirt. They've got 12 more. They have, oh, God, there was like 30 in that thing. Uh, but um, It was raining. It was raining. It was raining so hard. Uh, we don't but, know how to handle that. Yeah, we don't know how to handle that. Crash, uh, uh, thanks Crash? for doing this. Yeah. Crash, real. Are you guys going to come with you to Marilyn Manson's birthday tonight? You, it's in Hollywood, though. Yeah. <laughs> it is in Hollywood. I feel like uh, unless someone's going to get murdered, no one's going to come. Across yeah. the street, there's a pub. There's Probably a just pub. go there. Yeah, I'll meet you afterwards. All right, cool. All right, All right uh, and thank you so much for joining us. It's been yeah. a true yeah. honor. Thanks for... Um, no heroics. Thanks for uh, submitting your songs. Tell your friends to submit songs if they play music, and we'll see you guys later. We're going to end with a song by Lutheran Heat. They're from Minneapolis, Minnesota, one of my favorite cities in the world. Uh, But truth be told, I've been to about seven. Uh, This is Wire, X, and Heart. It's about a mixtape. you <laughs> what and me too huh 
our podcast, Minority Corner, silly. Oh, the one where we talk about topics that cover the queer community, race, feminism, and good old pop culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. Oh, girl, we are so funny. <laughs> I was just thinking about something we did. Wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Are you listening to me or me? me. Both. Minority Corner. Every Friday. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.